Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Brian Lundberg online. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well today, Michael, and you? I'm doing really well. Really looking forward to this conversation. So we connected a, a little while ago and really wanted to have you on my show because you, know, you, you speak about finances and investing and things like that from a slightly different perspective, which I think is desperately needed in these times. So why don't you share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this conversation. Well, I appreciate you having me on your show. Uh, Michael, and the work that you do with your clients. Uh, I've been in the investment management space uh, and finance space for the better part of 30 years. And so there's not much I haven't seen either personally or walked through with my clients uh, professionally. And uh, so I have a practice uh, here in San Diego with Edward Jones. Our firm's 100 years old as of this past year. And uh, we presently serve over 8 million households on a monthly basis with about $2.3 trillion dollars in assets under management. And uh, when I speak with my clients, I tell them I kind of act like their financial GPS system. And I'm going to help them get to where they want to go, when they want to be there, and with the resources that they need. And I champion them along the way to make sure that it's as smooth a flight as possible. So uh, we really like to do life with our clients and uh, take uh, all the stress and anxiety out of investing for them. And uh, really, my number one goal is to create peace of mind. Uh, for my clients. And so that's what we do on a day in day out basis. And uh, we're honored and privileged to serve uh, a fairly substantial uh, role of of uh, clientele. You know, it's amazing work that Edward Jones has done over the last century and, you know, ongoing and, you know, in your 30 plus years of, of seeing the markets and investing and all of that stuff, you know, there's use a phrase and before we started, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And, it's it's true it, you know the the markets you know over the last few years have been just you know steep you know, inclined for many industries and uh, much like a roller coaster but we all know what happens with a roller coaster it goes up and then it can go down and especially if it's that first drop boy that one hurts uh, you're not prepared for it especially if it's the first roller coaster of your day uh you get used to it afterwards but you know, in investing, it's a little bit different. And, you know, what we're seeing in the markets now at the time of this recording, there's all of these uncertainties in the world and nothing makes an investor more grumpy than uncertainty uh, because yeah. they're just, they're, they're freaking out about things. And, you know, me, I, you know, I, I lean back on, and I don't forget where I saw this. It might've actually, I think the first time I saw this was in an economics class in college back in the late 80s and early 90s where you know they were going through the stock market and you know teaching people on all of that good stuff and they and they said well you know at that particular time uh that was shortly after October 19th 1987 probably a day you remember um I remember yeah. uh, October 19th is my dad's birthday and he, and he he used to boast about that he's like yeah my birthday what happens the market crashes great you know he was kind of sarcastic that way but it, you know, I remember that, and you know, I had this college course. I think uh, a few months later, and I said, "Look, you know, let's let's take a look at the history of the New York Stock Exchange." And they mapped it out over you know at that point of time, you know, a number of years. 
So do you notice something? Yes, there's there's drops, but if you stretch it out, it, it has this incline. And yeah. that's that's what it's a case of you have to know, and this was a conversation I had on a podcast interview earlier today. You have to know your why, you know, as an investor. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. They say, well, I just want to invest. They want to invest, you know, I want to get stock in Tesla or I want to get stock in this. And oh, before we continue, this is not financial advice, by the way, anybody. It's like you, you seek your own uh, advice. We're not giving financial advice. We're giving financial information. So if if you, if you go and you go buy a stock and it tanks tomorrow, um, it's not on us. Okay. Leave us out of that. So, uh, but at the end of the day, understanding your why as an investor, I think is, I know it's a question that you and your team ask and I'm guessing there's a lot of people that when they you know, first enter your office, they don't know. They really don't. Yeah. They're, they're oblivious to um, what investing is about and, and, and how they want to invest. All they want to think about is, well, I want to have enough to retire or I want to have this. Okay. Well, that's part of your why, but why? You know, and I think that's, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Now that's... Uh... That's a really profound question. We do center around uh, discovering what's the most important to our clientele. We have a number of tools that we use to help <clears throat> dig some of that out because oftentimes our why is actually residing more in our subconscious thinking that we haven't really taken the time to articulate yet. And uh, that presents a dangerous problem because you're kind of scattered and shooting in the wind, as you will, uh, to hit your goal. So we dig that out and then we lay out a map and a plan for that. But one of the questions I ask my clients when they come in, I say, hey, when you're laying on your deathbed, when you're looking back over the course of your life, what do you want to say? And most people have no answer. And I said, well, there's a couple of things I don't think you will say. One is, gee, I wish I'd have spent more time in the office. Um, the other may be, hey, I wish I'd have, you know, won, you know, at the game or have more toys or whatever. I said, the only thing you may be saying, and I, and I leave this open to them, but I try to help guide the conversation. I said, you're going to say, I wish I had taken more risks in relationships with family, maybe even tried to start a business. Wish I wouldn't have been maybe so consumed with chasing the almighty dollar. Now, listen, I'm all about, let's make money. Let's take territory. Let's expand our, our sphere of influence without question. But there's strategic ways to do that. And then there's some haphazard ways. So those are some of the things that we uncover with our clients and then help map out back to your question, Michael, is why are you doing that? And most of the time they're just saying, well, it's because what we've always done and that's what I think we're supposed to do. <clears throat> and it's ironic. I was recently speaking at a, an event where uh, I talked on the two things they don't teach you in school, but they absolutely should. One of them is how to have successful relationships and the other one's how to manage your money. So as soon as we get out of school, we do the two things they don't equip us with, which is we start making money, and then we get into a relationship. And we know that for most divorces, at least half of them, uh, it's centered around the differences or the struggle with finances. And so the two things we're least equipped to do are the two things we do for the vast majority of our life. So I deal with that almost like a financial position on the other end of the line of seeing where that hasn't been properly cared for or stewarded and it's creating tension and conflict, or maybe in some cases that comes in, I'm talking to people uh, who have had, you know, uh, marriages that didn't work out the way they'd hoped, obviously. So one of the things we try to highlight back to our clientele is, hey, let's get that why nailed down. And then let's get some realistic expectations. And let's talk about what's driving uh, some of these, what I call almost impulse investment buys. 
um, because I, I've had clients uh, successfully turn a million dollars into 600,000 uh, while the market's going up. And so uh, not a really good formula for success. And certainly they end up, uh, you know, quite uh, disgusted with themselves and they can get into a negative spiral over that because uh, that's a big delta to make up. So uh, we work with them and get them educated on, you know, the plan and show it to them visually, which helps people immensely sometimes to visualize what that plan looks like, um, takes a lot of stress and concern out and allows you to stay uh, on your long-term investment plan, knowing that you're going to get to where you want to go. So uh, we, we have a lot of discussions. We're not just kind of, Hey, we're going to get your money invested and let's talk in a year. It's no, we're going to do life together when things come up and make sure that you're equipped, you know, both financially, but also uh, emotionally, if you will, on how to handle that success, how to navigate, not blowing things up that are going well and uh, how to take strategic risks and what does that look like? So, yeah, it's important because I see, and especially with you know the advent of easier investment and the online apps, and you know a lot of people started investing over the last few years, and they, much like the analogy you said with schools not teaching us, they didn't know what they were doing, you know, so they were going on Reddit or Twitter or wherever else, and and getting their stock tips that way, and and you know. Like you said, you know, taking you know million dollars and turning it into six hundred thousand, and this is where you know the addiction type of personality, if you are prone for that, can get you in real trouble. Just like what we see in the casinos or gambling is, well, I'll make it up. I'm going to hit the next one. I'm going to get the next right. All that they get that mentality instead of stopping and going, okay, why did that happen, and what what did I do? You know, you got to take ownership in this. Okay, what did I do wrong, or what what did I miscalculate here on this investment? Yes, there's external factors. You know, the company decides to announce that they're closing a bunch of stores, and no one knew about it. Okay, yeah, that's going to happen. But if you're investing, you know, there's long term thinking and short term, but then there's also investors versus traders. And I think everybody that was signing up on these apps got caught into this trading mentality and not an investing mentality. And much like the casinos, um, you may not do really well if, if you go into that mindset of typing or t- basically trying to trade instead of properly invest. And I'm sure you encounter that quite a bit with people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great uh, highlight and distinction of what happens oftentimes is that people come in and they want my professional advice uh, but applying it to being a trader. And so that's one of the first areas I have to kind of help them unlearn a few things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with trading, but I can tell you that I've not met anybody that's become uh, wealthy by trading. And so there are people that definitely have done very well in that, but I've not come across them. And I, I always tell my clients, I said, usually they're getting their investment advice from a stock tip from a buddy or something they read or heard, and then they make one of the classic mistakes, which is they put too many eggs or all their eggs in that one basket. And uh, they, when they get, and I've done that before in my earlier years, not all of my eggs, but too many that I, I didn't like it when it didn't go the right way. So uh, I've learned by experience, I have some of those battle scars. So I know emotionally kind of what goes into that thinking. And that's a lot of what 
uh, prompted me to get into this space in the first place and make it my profession uh, after years outside of the industry. And so um, one of the things we like to help our clients understand is um, where we, we help you invest for the long run. Uh, that's been the bedrock of our organization for 100 years. That's why I chose Edward Jones versus other platforms that let you do uh, options trading, you know, uh, futures and all these much more high leverage risky endeavors where you're doing it on your own with no advice. And even if you are doing it with advice, those traders, bear in mind, I learned this lesson uh, the tough way as I was listening to somebody who was wildly successful. They were a nine figure individual in terms of net worth. So, you know, not quite at the billionaire status. Um, and I jumped in on investments with what they were doing, not realizing for them that's like throwing twenty dollars down the drain. Um, I just figured, uh, of course, it was going to work out because they're invested in it, they're smart, they know about this space, and uh, promptly lost half of that investment. So those are things that I see happening all too often, and so you have to be cautious who you're taking advice from. Uh, very much turn off the media; that generally never ever works out well for clients. Uh, at least in my experience, and and going back again, it goes back to what you said, Michael. What is your why? Why do you want this financial freedom? Why do you want uh, to make whatever that dollar amount is? And if you can ascertain <clears throat> what that why is and even put a number to it, we can build a plan that will get you there probably faster than what you would think. But it is that classic tortoise versus the hare syndrome. And, you know, if you'll just be the tortoise, you're going to win. I can guarantee you. And so I used to tell my uh, clients back in the day, I said, look, that show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, for those of us old enough to remember that, was the number one rated show at the time because everybody wants to be a millionaire. The challenge is, is very few people have the discipline to become one. But everybody, everybody in America can become a multimillionaire if you'll start investing and stay disciplined over the course of your working career. There's no reason why you can't. I can show it to you mathematically six ways from Sunday. But the question is, is will you be able to maintain that discipline? And that's really the value of partnering with somebody like myself or another financial uh, individual who can take the emotion out of your investing or your money management might be a better way to say it. And if you'll lean on and humble yourself to kind of come under somebody else's tutelage, uh, you will retire and you will hit those financial goals that you have in mind. Um, really irregardless or regardless rather of what happens in the market or, or other factors. So, you know, my encouragement to your audience today is, you know, seek out professional advice, just like you do in every other area, seek that out in your monetary, your investments and, and come and, and get help. It's a lot less costly than some of the mistakes you're likely to make. That's well, words to live by. And it's, Again, the emotion side of things, you, know, you, you, you flip on, you know, one of the financial news channels and, you know, they start talking about something, you start panicking and you're selling your stock off early or you're going in and you're buying all this stuff and you realize, okay, wow, this didn't do it or crypto or anything like that. It's, it's all that. So when you encounter a client like that, how do you get their emotions kind of in check? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, so I, I, uh, I like to have them articulate what they hope to gain out of that. And if they have, um, especially if they're trying to do some trading, when are you going to get out? Why, why did you pick that number? Um, how much of your net worth is tied up in this one investment? That's always an interesting one because that shows you the emotional entanglement they have. Um, and then 
you know, how long will it take you to replace that income if it doesn't go your way? They never think about the downside. And so they only think about when it wins and, and we're all optimistic probably if we're in the investment world. Um, but you do have to plan. I do a lot of risk mitigation. And, uh, you know, if you lose 50% of your uh, investment value, that means you have to double just to get to break even. So that can take you a long time uh, to get back to that level. So usually what happens is then they double down, kind of like in Vegas. I'm down. I'm going to double down because then I can win it back quicker. And you just dig a deeper hole. So uh, good to follow that ancient proverb when you're in a hole, stop digging and uh, probably uh, seek out some help. So I talked to them about the two things, and this is Warren Buffett's famous line. Uh, when people get nervous, he gets greedy. And when people get greedy, he gets nervous. And so he's a contrarian that way. And so when the market's like right now, people are getting panicky, he's, getting, he's starting to get greedy. And that's when you know, the people that are really wealthy buy in in the midst of panic and fear. And so, but most of us aren't disciplined to do that. And even people that are paying me, I've actually had to tell clients, either stop paying me or start taking my advice, one or the other. If you're not going to pay my advice, you should stop paying me. And so um, a, lot of, a lot of advisors won't tell people that, but I'm like, I can't in good conscience let you continue to pay me and not take my advice because it's going to not work out for you. Um, so that's where I try to help center them on to understand your emotions are natural that you're having, but sometimes we have to do the opposite of what our emotions are telling you. And here's why. Um, so I try to first acknowledge the emotional state they're in. Uh, and then I try to get an analytical backup to show them why they can go against their emotional leanings. And here's what's happened historically. And in this case, our firm has a hundred years of that data on hand to show them. So, um, but I think it's important to sequence though, Michael, and you know this well from the work you do. If you don't hit and resonate with them on that emotional level first, they'll never hear you on the analytical. Um, so that's uh, a lot of what I do. Is, uh, I'll, I'll just call it financial counseling, honestly, and uh, getting people to understand that dynamic. And then once they start connecting the dots, uh, things go amazingly well. And I'll get clients or not clients, but uh, uh, friends or, uh, or others in my community to say, hey, it must have been a really busy time last year when the market was cratering so much. And I said, it was actually very quiet um, because if I've done my job properly, people aren't calling me panicking. The only time they call is that they've got more money than, than maybe what I told you that's invest. So that's one of the gauges where I know if I'm doing my job well and if I'm communicating well with my clients is during the, the downtimes, they're not panicking, calling and freaking out. Um, and they know that we have a regular rhythm cycle and we'll be talking. And if they need something in the meantime, they call. Um, so that's one of the things I try to set in the early stages of the relationship I build with my clientele is let's, let's set our expectations of what to expect and how we want to operate. So we have a successful uh, journey together. You know, it's, uh, you know, when you said financial counselor, I, you know, I was thinking in my head, it's like, you're a you know, financial therapist, you know, you're helping them get their their mental emotions straight because there's yes people become millionaires but that you know that's okay what's in their bank account but it takes a different mindset to be a millionaire not to as much as to get to one you know jim Rohn and brian tracy have talked about this you know at length but the person you have to become in order to do that 
you know, is some work that you have to do. And that's, that's one area that unfortunately a lot of people try to, try to shy away from is that internal work because they're, we are our own worst judge sometimes. But I, I, as I tell people, it's like when you're starting to do that work within and you're looking within, whether it's why is this important to me? Why do I want to invest in this? You approach it from a childlike curiosity instead of a judgmental, angry, you know, adult type of thing. You, know, you approach it like when you were a little kid and you were learning how to do things the first time, you're like, why, why does it work this way? And if you approach your yeah. life when you're looking in that way, it, 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 it leaves cute, some cues and some clues, and it is a, it's a better way to approach things. And you, you, you won't beat yourself up as much when you do that. And in the long run, you'll be better for it. Yeah. Well, that's all said. I like that. And there's that show out, uh, Ted Lasso, and he has a line in that show. He says, be curious, not judgmental. And he goes, if you'd have been curious about me, here's what you would have learned. And they were playing this game of darts, and, and the, you know, the other guy thought he would win. Uh, because it wasn't curious about this guy. So I like that uh, analogy. I think that works well. And, and also one of the things that, you know, we try to help our clients understand, I think it's important for your audience to understand is obviously in addition to the why is to realize that I've had clients that, you know, their spouse has been on the deathbed, you know, the in hospice and they more than once said, I would give back all these millions if I could have them back. And so two things along the journey we try to help people with as a, as a therapist is, is also it's very holistic. In other words, many people spend a lot of their career chasing the money to get to the financial freedom and they do it at the expense of their marriage, their relationship with their kids, or their personal health. And so once they get all their wealth, they turn around and spend it all to get their health back or they're paying for it through a broken relationship. Um, and so we, we try to help people navigate before they long before they ever get there let's that's the benefit of having a plan it's like hey you're going to get there so you don't need to burn everybody out on the journey too um, we need to enjoy it like, nobody's promised tomorrow uh, so we want to make sure we're fully uh, engaged and present today and doing the things that will lead to success tomorrow but not uh, haphazardly walking out in some foolish traps that are pretty easy to avoid if you'll get counsel, right? There's a proverb that says in a multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. So that's another reason why, you know, hiring professional help wherever you need it in any specific area is going to uh, be far less costly in the long run and really add to and help you get to where you want to go and kind of pull out that gold that's in your heart uh, to, to resonate and live with and share with your family, friends, and community. So, uh, you know, money is a very interesting tool I found over the years. One of the questions I'll ask my clients, I'll just say, finish my statement. And I'll say, money is. And so if your audience would just answer, money is. Once you plug in whatever your answer is, there's no right or wrong. But once that comes into play, start noticing what you said. And start see how that's shaping your actions. And is that serving you well or not? And so one of the things I tell my clients is money is a tool. And how you use it, it can be very, very powerful. So we try to help them understand what is their relationship to money and then how are they using it in a, a proper fashion to serve what their goals and aims are. And sometimes they find out that they've had a wrong view and we just help them work through their thinking on that. And it's quite liberating. And uh, all of a sudden they get more satisfaction at work they start making better decisions on the investment side, their anxiety levels go down, they start literally start sleeping better at night. 
uh, especially in difficult times uh, that we've experienced in the last year. So, uh, you know, again, it goes back to that question that you started us off with, what's your why? And uh, nobody really talks a lot about it other than in fleet passing, but uh, then we get caught up in, in the busyness of life and we forget to really camp there for a little bit. You know, important lessons for us all. So, Brian, love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this amazing work you're doing? Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, they can they can find me uh, Brian uh, Lumberg at edwardjones.com. So, Brian Lumberg at edwardjones.com, or they can they can reach out directly uh, to my office line, which is seven six zero seven five two nine seven three three. Again, seven six zero. Seven five two nine seven three three. They can schedule a time to have a complimentary consultation to see if we're a good fit to partner together. Um, always welcome meeting new friends and uh, appreciate your time on the show today, Michael. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So, Brian, thank you again for your time today and all this important work you're doing. It's really important to all of us. So, thanks again for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.